your mans and guess who's back <laughs> my man black is back in the building black how you doing man how's it going Do, doing good man happy to be back in the building with you sitting right next to you man yes sir doing what we love to do absolutely absolutely man just a wonderful sunday episode 73 of the sports desk i'm your man's one more time desert l hicks jr one of your favorite sportsologists and it's your man black we back in the building for another episode one of your favorite sportsologists in the building yes sir yes sir this is episode 73 of the sports desk man um just great each week we say a different number man i feel so good about it all right so um let's let's uh, open up the show black Yes, you all did hear the Ultimate Warriors theme music, all right? I was watching some of the Warriors classic moments on YouTube the other day, and I was like, man, this dude was just so, had so much energy, mm. so full of life. Like, he was the most colorful figure in the WWE, man, and, and I just want to spend a little time talking about him. So, Black, I already know for a fact that the Warrior, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, was one of your favorites coming up as a kid. And just talk to me a little bit, man, about the Warrior, man. What kind of what kind of feelings you got about the Ultimate Warrior? Man, I love this guy, man. Like, coming <laughs> up as a kid, man, yeah. like, it's, it's really much you couldn't tell me about the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had Ultimate Warrior shirts coming up. Do you remember? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I love him. He was, like, my favorite wrestler. Yeah. You know, and, um, man, just his, like, do you say, like, his energy. Yeah. Like, his, his in-ring. I, I love what he did in-ring. He performed very well, you know. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, man. When he beat Hulk Hogan, man, to win that strap, oh, you know, Lord. I'll never forget that, my boy. What a moment. I would never forget that. But, what man, just his, just his way he come out, he runs he runs to the ring like crazy. You, yeah. I know if y'all ever noticed, I, I feel like that's what Daniel Cormier get that from. He sometime do. from he do. From Ultimate Warrior. No, he do. With the, with yeah. the running to the ring, man. But yeah, he said uh, that. Yep. When we was talking about it, I was just sitting here thinking like, man, he lived long enough to go into the Hall of Fame, man, and then he, he passed away. But yeah, two man, days later, he, yeah, he is he Crazy. is truly missed, man. One of my favorite, one one of my uh, top five all time best wrestlers, man. Uh, we miss you, miss we miss you, Ultimate Warrior. You are truly missed. Yeah, man, the Warrior was great. He was live. He was full of color. He brought the energy. It was it wasn't another character like him. Like, the next character who probably brought energy to the ring was Hulk Hogan, and that was because he was so popular. Mm-hmm. So when Hogan would come out in the ring, the crowd would just go dumb. They would just go stupid, lose their mind, because, you know, Hogan, 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 Hogan. But it's like when that warrior music hit, Ooh. and he shot out the interest rate like a, like a bullet out of a cannon, out of a gun or whatever. He just fly into the ring. The color's just so vibrant. The energy, the face paint, like shaking the ropes, man. He was just entertaining. He was entertaining, and of course, he was a physical specimen, man. But um, I do uh, agree with you. WrestleMania six, Toronto, Canada, <laughs> sold out Silver Dome back in the day. It was a Silver Dome. I think it was close to a hundred thousand folks, man. Champion versus champion, Hogan versus Warrior. Hogan was the WWF champion. 
Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion, and Warrior did his thing. Those gentlemen uh, wrestled for over 45 minutes and put on the Insane, show. Insane, man. And the Warrior won the belts. And I just remember as the pay-per-view was going off, the fireworks was popping. <laughs> Warrior had no more face paint on his uh face. He's holding both titles, man. It was just dope to see, man. So I just wanted to open up the show, you know, showing Ultimate Warrior some love, man, because I got all energetic and goosebumpy, man. Just watching them uh the other day, man. So yeah. shout out to the warrior, rest in peace, indeed a legend. Um, and he deserves all all of the love and respect, you know, from everybody who listened to wrestling, man. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch Spoke, man. Come on, now. All right, all right, man. So we got a lot to get into today. A lot to get into today. It's going to be a very great show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some, uh, talk about the NBA, man. A lot, a lot of action going on in the NBA this week, man. We're going to get into it all from the boycotting um, to the playoff games to where we are today. We're recording on this fine Sunday, man. So a lot to get into. Um, but first, as always, man, let's go ahead and uh, kick off the show. Hold on, like the warrior tried to get back in there. Like his spirit's still alive, my boy. So let's get it. Kobe taught us to be better. Don't cheat me. Push, push, push. Wake up every single day to get better today than you were yesterday. Whatever it takes. Better dreamer. Better waker. Better stretcher. Better walker. Better talker. Better walk and walk and talk and talk. Better blocker, better sprinter, better loser, better winner. Just be better. Do the simple stuff right. Better form. Focus. Better friend. Better fighter. Better rider. Better eater. Mm -hmm. Better leader. Better generation. Better nation. Just be better. Can you do that? Let's go. Back at it. Better shooter, better scorer, better goat, yep, better goat, better mentor, mm -hmm. better minor, major, mover, shaker, better skater, better artist, yeah, better teacher, better preacher, better believer, better first, better future, better hero, again, better hero, better mother, yeah, better father, better father, better father, better father, better father, better me, better you, better us. Mamba out. very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack! That's the greatest! LeBron James. Le LeBron James. New sports desk. He lied! Hey, bro, you listening to the Sports Desk? Yes, sir. Welcome back. Yes, to another episode. Episode 73 of the Sports Desk, man. A lot to get into, as I previously stated. So we're going to jump right into the show, man. We're going to kick it off, man, with our start, bench, or cut. So, you know, Black was not in the building last week, so we got to 
he was off the hook, you know what I'm saying? So I showed Kobe uh, a lot of love um, on the start, but you cut, man. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Sports desk. Gangsta gangsta. <laughs> Maybach music. Maybach. All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's go ahead and kick it off, man. So me and Black are currently watching WWE Payback. WWE Payback is on right now. A lot of interesting storylines happening in WWE. Um, and we'll get to them quite uh, in quite a few minutes. But listen, man, it look like Bobby Lashley has just become the <laughs> new United States champion. I still think Bobby Lashley is trash. <laughs> but at the same time, I do like what they're doing with him now. I think it fits him a little bit better than what we've seen before. All right, but we're not here to talk about that. Black, let's get into it, baby. Start, but you cut. Here we go. This is going to be extremely difficult. I know for a fact. Okay. All right, I know for a fact. And um, I still don't know my answer either. All right. So here we go. Black. We're kicking it off. This man is, you know, one of the great athletes of our time. Um, one of the most standout figures of this generation. And um, he's had a, a couple different uh, stops in his career. And let's just see which ones you're rolling with and which one you leaving home. First, small forward from the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James. Next, small forward from the Miami Heat, LeBron James. And last but not least, small forward from the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James. Black, what LeBron are you starting? What Bron are you cutting? And what Bron are you benching? Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Gangsta, Now, you got a lot of thinking to do now. Yeah. It's a lot of thinking to do. That's a good one, bro. But guess what? You don't have that much time. I don't. So, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to start Cleveland Cavalier, LeBron James. Okay. I'm going to bench the LA Laker, LeBron James, and I'm going to cut the Miami Heat, LeBron James. Interesting. Interesting okay. that you say that. <laughs> Now, for me, I am going to start the Miami Heat, LeBron James. I am starting him. Um, that was the best two-way player that we had in the league when he was in Miami. Uh, number two, man, I went back and forth, back and forth, man. But I really like this LeBron James that's in Los Angeles. I'm going to bench the Los Angeles Lakers LeBron James. And it's probably blasphemous, but... Uh, very. Very blasphemous, but I'm going to cut... <laughs> Uh, the Cleveland Cavalier, LeBron James. And here's my reason. You know, I got a finished product in Miami. I got a finished product in L.A. LeBron went through a lot of ups and downs in his first state in Cleveland. A lot of ups and downs. Eight years there, trials and tribulations. Really didn't accomplish much. Then he went to Miami. Okay. Then he went to Miami and got his bearings and everything. So without going to Miami, we're not getting that 3-1 comeback. Mm. I don't think we are because he had to go and learn how to win. And he did that, and he came back and got to see the Cleveland Championship. So that's why I say that. 
Now, if it would have been 3-1 before he went to South Beach, I definitely would have been playing <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James. But, yeah, so, yeah, that's it, man. So, y'all hit us up, man. Instagram, Twitter. If you know, a per- know us personally, hit us up on the text. Who you starting? Who you benching? Who you cutting? Cavs, LeBron. Miami, LeBron. Or Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron. Y'all let us know. All right, man. So, let's get into our sound of the week. And, boy, I have been waiting on this since they announced uh, that the playoffs were beginning, and we were uh, we will talk about this in just a few more minutes. But I just want to play this montage. I don't know who created this, but I spotted it on Twitter. I thought it was right on the money about how I feel. Not only just me, probably black. Well, I know black for sure. And then, you know, other people around the world uh, who've been watching the NBA playoffs and uh, listening to the rhetoric. So let's play the sound of the week, man. The Portland Trailblazers. They might have a chance to beat the Lakers. If the Portland Trailblazers get in the playoffs, they will beat the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. I am picking Portland to beat the Lakers. The Lakers cannot defend the three. Last night, Denver shot 57% on threes. Did not miss any in the fourth. Denver's backups did not miss any in the fourth. If you can't shoot the three and you can't defend the three, you can't beat Portland. If you can make shots and you have elite guard play, you can beat the Lakers. I am very, very worried about the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round if they play the Portland Trailblazers. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a foregone conclusion. They'll lose, but they could. And here's the prediction I will make. That particular series would go seven games. The Lakers should be worried, and they should be scared because for asking who going to guard Braun, who going to guard AD? Which are valid questions. Who the heck going to guard Dame? That's my real concern. Mm. On any given night, we've seen LeBron, and you've talked about it recently. Like, LeBron, if he go off, he might go off for 35. If Dame go off, Dame going <laughs> off about 45, 50. Yeah. Plus, you got CJ. Plus, you got Nurk. And then you got Melo, who's showing himself to be the Hall of Famer that he truly is all over again. So I look at the, the totality of the Trailblazers, and I think that the Lakers will be in big, big trouble. I'm, I'm concerned about the Lakers. I'm concerned. They, might, they may go down in history as the, as the third team to lose to an eighth seed in the first round, because this is, this is the best eighth seed that the NBA has ever seen in NBA history. When the Blazers win tomorrow, they'll be matched up against the Lakers. And look, I don't say this as a hot take. I say it as fact. The Blazers have a better starting five than the Lakers. The Blazers have a better starting five than the Lakers. Look at the Lakers depth chart. Look at the Lakers roster. Look at the Trailblazers roster. The Blazers have a better roster. Yep. So all of that was being said over the past, I want to say, two to three weeks. Now, me and Black not there yet. We have a couple of more segments to go before we get into what we're going to talk about. But I just wanted to throw that out there to all of our listeners and supporters who are listening to this right now. And just remember that montage. Just remember it. All right. So let's go ahead and transition into our top five. My, my man's black came through uh, for us this week, man, with this top five, man. This is a real dope one. But before we get into it, let's play this Harlem Heat. If I can find it, you know, I'm just really dropping the ball here. Oh, there it is. Yeah. 
All right, so like I said before, my man Black came through in the clutch, man, and got us going with the top five this week. So this week, man, with the with the uh, MVP uh, of the league soon to be announced, maybe within the next week or so, we decided to roll out uh, our top five MVP seasons in the NBA. We've watched, we've watched a lot of basketball over our time. Of course, you get an MVP every single year. But we're going to give y'all our top five MVP seasons that our eyes have seen. So, Black, let's kick it off, man. Talk to me. Give me your top five MVPs in NBA history. All right. At number at number five, I got Kevin Durant, 20, 2014. Okay. At number two, I have Derrick Rose, 2011. Hmm. At number three, hmm. I have 2008 Kobe Bryant. And at number two. Two, mm. I have uh, Allen Iverson, 2001. Okay. And at number one, I have Shaquille O'Neal, 2000. Okay, yeah, I got to feel you on that for real. Uh, for me, at number five, I have Allen Iverson's 2000-2001 season. At number four, I have Kobe Bryant's 2007-2008 season. At number three, I have Michael Jordan's 1987 1988 season, of course, that is the year he won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. At number two, I have LeBron James's 2012-2013 mm. season. I feel like LeBron should have won three straight MVPs uh, in Miami, but that's another conversation. And my number one overall, the most dominant season I ever seen that Black has ever seen, Shaquille O'Neal, 1999-2000 season. Um, the man was leaving bodies all over the place MVPs championships he should have been defensive player of the year mm -hmm. that year as well but uh never seen nothing like that you know in our lifetimes man so yeah that is our top five so y'all let us know out there man your top five MVPs or just one MVP in particular if you can remember an MVP season that we may not have mentioned or something that you feel like we've uh forgot about y'all hit us up y'all let us know man all righty then let's get into our tweet of the week and you know black with everything that was going on you know with the nba playoffs and um all of the, the back and forth just just trash from the stuff that we've been hearing about the lakers man i have this in particular uh tweet that was eye-opening so we got my man aaron geezy geezy excuse me aaron geezy all right um, he was replying to someone saying, hey, it's not like anyone on the Lakers, especially our stars, play 40 minutes plus to beat this team. It wasn't even close. The closest to it was AD, and he did it easily without getting banged up, mostly jump shots and dunks. He was killing it. Also, remember, Portland was hot. It's not like either team was working. Little effort was put in on both sides. L.A. only had to put in that work the last quarter of the game to make sure they didn't have to play another game. Dude, we're the first team to secure a second-round spot in the West, and people still going to talk. Lastly, you say we barely won. Oh, wow, you got like nine points is a close game? It's not. Sheesh, bro. What else are the haters going to say? Lakers to the next round. My man's Aaron Jeezy. Shout out to you, Aaron Shout out to you. All righty, man. I'm excited. 
Let's go ahead and get it popping. Well, let me call that. We have something to talk about first before we get there. But let's go ahead and get it going. Maybach music. Maybach music. Break it down. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. <laughs> All right, man, it's time to get into it. Uh, This week's National Basketball Association conversation right here. Uh, But, you know, before we get into all the games and everything, we we, uh, will not skip over the eventful week that it was in sports. Um, And it kicked off with the NBA. Um, So just to kind of rewind um, before we get here, uh, earlier this week, there was another senseless shooting of an unarmed black man in uh, uh, Scotia. Milwaukee, a Kenosha, Milwaukee man, and a video was put out there. Prayers up to Jacob Blake and his family and everybody who was involved, which were all involved and affected by the situation. But the video was just disgusting to see. And when the video surfaced, the NBA was the first to just go berserk. LeBron James and George Hill and and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Russell Westbrook, the league was on fire, you know, once again and. We're getting ready for tip-off, getting ready for game five of the Magic and the Bucks, and the Bucks weren't in no way, shape, or form prepared to play basketball. According to all reports, they weren't even in their uniforms. Uh, they didn't come out for shoot-around. They didn't do anything. They came to the arena in their clothes and never changed and was prepared to play basketball. Therefore, boycotting, boycotting that game, which sent, sent shockwaves throughout the world. We've never seen this especially during the playoffs. We are in a new normal where people are not going to be sitting down, shutting up, and just dealing with things and say, oh, man, that's just crazy. Nah, these people are moving, moving accordingly and want something to be done. So there was a snowball effect. No effect. No bucks, no magic, and then no one else was going to play either. The NBA came out with a statement saying all games have been postponed. All the games were postponed on that Thursday, that Wednesday, that third, like that Thursday and that Friday, and we didn't get in basketball again until Saturday. So this is bigger than basketball. I just want to kick it to you, Black. Like, what did it feel like seeing this? Like reading the reports, watching the videos, hearing the players speak. Like we ain't never seen this before, man. Yeah, we haven't, man. It was uh, it was shocking to see, but. I wasn't surprised by it because the NBA been saying the players had been saying from the jump before this bubble even started, man, we 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 coming down here uh, on a mission, not just to play basketball, but letting everything that's going on in the world be known that we're not standing for it. Mm-hmm. And um, we had another sens- senseless shooting and the NBA stood up. So no one should, should, should be surprised about that, especially by. These young NBA players and veteran NBA players, man, it's it's a lot going on in the world. And to see them take the steps that they need to make their voices heard and act for change, man, that's that's very appreciated in this world today because we do. We need change, man. Like this has to stop. This has to stop. And these senseless senseless shootings of of black unarmed black men. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy that the NBA, that the players took this route. I'm happy for the Bucks. I'm happy for what they did. You know, 
this is what we expected. If anything, if anything happened, this is what we we should have expected because that's what this the NBA players said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's fact. And 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 it's it's it was beautiful to see. It was beautiful to see. And not only was the NBA, it was the NBA. It was uh, Major League Baseball, uh, the NFL. They had some you know practices canceled and stuff like that. But everybody was moving. Like, teams were saying, we're not going to play. Like, we'll pull the plug on this. It's widely reported that Los Angeles Lakers and the L.A. Clippers said, hey, we, we out. We done. If the owners and the people in, in higher seats than us who can make change right away don't jump into this thing, we out. And Michael Jordan came in, from all reports, came in. It's been the mediator between the owners and the players over the last 48 hours. Shout out to Chris Paul. I have been hearing nothing but the best things about this guy. He is the, he's, look, LeBron James is the face of the league. And LeBron James has the most uh, uh, power in the league, you know, for his influence. But Chris Paul is the representative of the players. The voice. He is, the voice. he is the president. Like, he is out here moving and shaking. And oh, oh, by the way, he's in the playoffs. He's in a playoff hellacious series with the Houston Rockets, man. And, I just want to shout out Chris Paul, man, for just leading the way and, and, and trying to get the ball rolling on this, man. So I, I'm praying every day for change. I'm hoping that we see change. The stuff that we are seeing, it, it, it's, it's become regular to see senseless acts of violence on unarmed black men by police officers and, and, and senseless acts um, from, from, from white supremacists who are out here walking in the streets with AR-15s killing folk. Because people believe in what they believe in, that is right. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. And the players, I saw Kyle Lowry speak today after the game one. He said, we, we, we was prepared to leave. We told the owners in the meeting, do something or we're not playing. And, 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 it's, and man, it's just, it was just dope to see the unity, everybody talking the same thing. The NBA is, is great, man. Yes, it Shout is. out Adam Silver for, for not getting in the way. You know, I'm not, you know, coming in and, and deterring anything. So it was a lot going on. We can continue to talk and talk about this, man. But this was a monumental thing in sports. Basically, 2020 has just been monumental, man. It has. I mean, every other day, every other week, every month, it's just something, man. It's the saddest stories, the wildest stories. But in the midst of all that, we have people putting their feet to the ground walking, stomping, and, and yelling and screaming for change. We got guys like LeBron James who are standing at the front of this thing. And I like what Colin Cowherd said on the show. This man is the most influential, <clears throat> most powerful athlete in America's history. <clears throat> now think about all the players. <clears throat> think about all the players who've ever played sports in America. All of them. And LeBron James is the most influential, the most powerful voice in the history of this country. As an athlete, that's remarkable, man. And he's doing the right thing. I don't know how many times we hear LeBron speak on. I got two sons. I got a little daughter. I got a wife. I got me. I got my friends. Like the only reason people know who I am is because I play basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. So if I'm somewhere where I'm not, you know, normally being somebody pulls me over and they don't recognize me. I'm just another black man in the car. I'm not LeBron James. So, yeah. So we this is a sports podcast, but me and me and black are black men. Yes, we are proud black men, and we're gonna stand for everything that's right. 
And we just want to applaud the NBA and their players for doing everything necessary to move the needle. And I'm going to say this, and we're going to go ahead on with the show. November is coming. Go vote. (laughs) November is coming. Go vote. All right? And let me say, and and this one thing I'm going to say before we go to the next thing, and like D just said, November is coming. Like, to see players like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, um, Jalen Brown, um, yeah. just these, just George, uh, Hill. George Hill, Kyle Lowry. These guys have this movement going on about going to vote. LeBron James didn't have to, didn't have to take his time and his money away to help people get registered to vote. He didn't have to do that because he knows his world needs changed. He knows the world this needs changed. This country, every it needs changing. Us going to vote is the first step of, of us getting there. Yeah, this is very important. This is very important to black people. We need this mm-hmm. to the world and to the world as well, but more so for black people. Mm-hmm. And we need everyone to do their part and go vote, man. And Facts. we've been hearing every day, do sports. You're going to hear it through the NBA. You're going to hear it through the NFL. You're going to hear it through hockey. You're going to hear it through baseball. Go vote. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, man. So that's me and Black's political stance and everything that's going on in the world. But like I said, we're proud black men. We're going to take the time to unify and walk uh, for everything that is right. All right. So let's get back into the sports. Home of the greatest franchise in sports, the L.A. Lakers. And the home of the greatest athlete in the world today, LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, and we did. And we did. Now, Black, if you don't mind. <laughs> Gangsta Grizz. What I told y'all. Hmm. What did I say? Hmm. What did we talk about? Hmm. Now, I'm here to remind each and every one of you. Let's rewind again three weeks ago, four weeks ago when the bubble first started and the Portland Trailblazers were the hot pick. A lot of people was picking the Portland Trailblazers to make a run and make the playoffs. And boy, did they ever do that. We saw an all world performance by Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers going six and one in the bubble or something like seven and one in the bubble. Getting to that AFC. We heard Dame Lillard say after plenty of games in the bubble. We want that eight spot. We like that matchup. This is during him not even being in the playoffs yet. We hear CJ McCullough. We like that matchup. We like how we match up against the Lakers. While they're still fighting to get in the playoffs. We got Callan Cowherd. We got Stephen A. Smith. We have a whole plethora of people out here. Jason Williams, who I am ashamed of as a sports analyst. And I love Jay Will. But it was ignorant, the things that people were saying, Charles Barkley calling for a sweep, the negative things about, y'all had my boy Black over here about to just go into cardiac arrest. (laughs) But I told everybody, in five, I told you, those two players in purple and gold that wear number 23 and number three, There's no 
answer. Zero. Let's go back to game one. Lakers haven't played in a week. Trailblazers are hot on fire. They, they ready to roll. They come in, damn, they just drop, boom, boom, boom. And I'm not going to lie, I was upset. I was upset too. I was like, man, that's crazy, man. We got in here, we lost game one. I said, oh, well, we'll just win the next four. Everybody said, oh, no, D, oh, no. No way, no how. Blazers are going to at least push this thing to seven games. Charles Evans. T.K. Felton. <laughs> I asked you a couple of days ago, why haven't I seen any Portland Trail Blazers in six or seven tweets since last Tuesday at 11.57 p.m.? I asked y'all. And y'all, now y'all want to dumb it back down and say, oh, man, we knew, we knew the Lakers was going to. We knew the Lakers. We knew the Lakers were going to get it done. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to hear that. So this is what happened. When the King got going. When Anthony Davis got going, there was nothing you could do. Nothing. I told y'all about Dame Lillard. What'd I tell you? He's an explosive talent. He's arguably the best point guard in the NBA. I'll give you that conversation. But I told you, I've seen him too many times in the playoffs. Dame Lillard, if you're hurt, I'm sorry. Get better, man. Come back ready to play. I wish you the best of your career. But you know what I ain't like about Dame Lillard's last move? They got all the medical examiners and all the medical team and everybody there in the bubble. Top of the line. Top of the line medical staff. Dane Lillard decided after the Lakers went down, went up three games to one, he decided to leave the bubble and go back to Oregon. Portland, to be exact. He's posting pictures with his little beautiful son on the private jet headed back to Portland while his team was still in Orlando. <laughs> That's a leader? I just didn't like that personally. So you saw what I saw. Me and Black watched game five last night together, and we were very frustrated throughout the game because the Los Angeles Lakers was playing around. But then, I, then we saw something, Black. Yes, we did. We got to the fourth <laughs> quarter, my boy. And it's like Bron and AD and the whole team. The whole team said, okay, okay, okay. Let's turn it on. Clamps defensively. Our two superstars blow them off the floor. And then we won by 10. Get them out of here. I'm going to shoot it to my man, Black. But remember what I told you. I'm going to predict this whole playoff. I'm going to predict this whole thing until LeBron James is holding up to Larry O'Brien in October. You understand? So again, Lakers in five. Who's next? Talk to me, Black. Yeah, man. Uh, Lakers and five, man. That's what that's what we've been saying. Like, mm. D, D, D said it all. Mm. He said it all, man. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. You know, me, I'm an emotional guy when sure. it comes to LeBron James. Sure. So I'm always going to wear my heart on my sleeve, but uh, not my guy D. You know, he lets me know day in and day out Yo. what needs to, what's going to go on. I just need to chill. And you know what, D? <laughs> I actually did that during this series. Sure. Like you said, I was upset after game one. Sure, sure. But I sure. said, you know what? Seeing game one lets me know that nothing can be done with LeBron James and AD, even though we lost. Absolutely. Because in game one, I seen domination. I did. Mm -hmm. We were horrible defensively in game one. Absolutely. Horrible. Absolutely. But I seen domination from Anthony Davis. Yes, we did. And LeBron James. Yes, we did. I... 
really, really believe that the Portland Trail Blazers would put would have put up a fight, but they didn't. They didn't. Mm-mm. They stole game one, mm-hmm. and I knew after looking at LeBron James and them walk off that floor, and looking at those cameras that that the uh, LA Lakers have on them, I seen it in their eyes, mm-hmm. bro. I seen it. Mm-hmm. I knew. LeBron said, on the game two. That's all he said when he looked into the camera. Mm-hmm. On the game two. Yep. And you know what we got in game two? Mm-hmm. We got total, total domination all right. around the board. Defensively, right. offensively, rebounding. Everything you can ask for in a basketball game, you got it out of the Los Angeles Lakers in game two. Facts. Absolutely. Defense, and, it put us, and it put us over the top, and we what? Beat them by almost 30? Yeah. That happened multiple times in this series. Multiple times in this series. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everybody's talking about LeBron James. This is what I want to talk about. Oh, man, LeBron only had, had uh, 20-something points in, in game one. Oh, LeBron only had 10 points in game two. In game two. Mm-hmm. Here comes game three. And everybody's, oh, AD just going to win this series from LeBron. They won't have to do much. Hold on, brother. <laughs> Hold on, brother. <laughs> LeBron James said, not so fast. Gangster Gangs. Because my man's dropped a 38 piece. Gangster Gangs. On a Saturday night in game three to remind all you naysayers, put some respect on my name. Y'all forgot again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And get them out of here another 20 point win. Mm-hmm. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. Where's forgot, Dame Lillard? Mm. Where's Dame Lillard? Where did he go? Oh, man, we're not going to be able to stop Dame Lillard. Uh, D, how many points did Dame Lillard have in, have in game three? Didn't he have like 14, 12, something yeah. like that? Yeah, is that the game that he jammed his finger and yeah. went out crying? Well, disloc- okay, dislocated his finger. His finger. I'm sorry, black. not jammed. Dislocated. Yeah, it's black. Okay, yes, uh, yes. didn't he get it taped up? He did. Come, you know, you a competitor. You know, most competitors, we know, will come back and, you know, play that game. We didn't see Kobe Bryant come back and bust somebody's ass with dislocated fingers. Did, have we not did? Yes. Yes, we have. So, this cold-blooded Dame Dollar, what did he, what did, What happened to him? Mm-hmm. Like D said, he ran away. He did? He ran away. Where was he? Dame knew it was over. Mm-hmm. He, he, knew, he knew in game two, he was like, dang. He knew in game three, he was like, dang. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know what, man? Ain't nothing we can really do with these boys. <laughs> but you want to know what? I want to shout out CJ McCullough. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. For hanging in there. Yeah. Those guys showed up the other night. and I, Last night. And I was so happy to see that. <laughs> I was so happy to see that. Because you know what they didn't do? They didn't hop on a jet and go back home. Mm. Damn doll, I'm happy you was happy. To, I'm, I'm happy that you was able to go home and play with your son. Sure. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. But your teammates had to stay back in Orlando, like D said, and play a basketball game. Yep. D, after last night, me and you was going back and forth. Yep. We was like, man, we don't like what we see. Yep. This and that. And I was like, you know what, D? I really don't like it either. But shout out to Papa Gary, man, for calling me this okay. morning, telling me. Shout out Papa he was Gary. Like, he, was like, he was like, son, listen to me. He said everything that the Los Angeles Lakers did last night was dominant in my eyes. Okay. He was like, you got to remember, like, AD's game is just not inside. He, he has a shot. He can shoot the ball. He can very well. And when he shoots the ball and is, and is going for him, why should, why should you want to stop it? Because it opens everything else up. 
So the first three quarters, what did we see AD particularly doing? Shooting the ball, correct? Mm-hmm. But what did he do in the fourth, D? Bang up the paint. Bang up the up. paint. Just when we thought, oh man, this game too close going into the fourth. And it was. Just like that. Just like that. Turn we up on. by 10. Mm-hmm. Turn it on. Facts. Facts. The second Lakers outside of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant to, to, a, to a 30 and 40 point games in a, in, a, in a playoff game. Beautiful thing to see. Man, everybody, I've been hearing it like this. We've been hearing it and hearing it. Y'all guys just need to chill through these playoffs. We don't need to hear nothing else because I know you're going you're gonna to rile up once we get whoever we're going to get in the second round. You go, you're going to believe Russell Westbrook or James Harden or uh, some type of way OKC will find a way. No, it's not going to happen. No. Your only hope in this playoffs mm-hmm. is the Los Angeles Clippers. That is correct. So the things that y'all saying on out the side of y'all neck, mm-hmm. just be quiet, man, and hold that. Because mm-hmm. like DJ said, we're going to tell y'all everything that's going to happen into these playoffs <laughs> until October yeah. when the king is sitting back on top of the throne. LeBron James. Le- LeBron James. Yeah, that's fact. You know what I'm saying? So we, I mean, we're not sitting here boasting, bragging, and gloating. No, we, that's, not, that's not what this is. We replying to what y'all were saying. Y'all were saying this. I just played y'all the montage for the sign of the week where you had the A-class sports journalists in all of America. I love Kyle Cowherd. I'm a fan of his show. I listen to Kyle Cowherd every day. But when he sat up there and said what he said, I was blown away. Stephen A. Smith, blown away. Like, it's, it's, it's Charles Barkley. Like, what you talking about? Needs to be fired. Suspended indefinitely. This is a, and I get it. I know a lot of this stuff is, you know, a lot of people don't want to see LeBron win. A lot of people hate the Lakers. I, I get that. I, I understand completely. But y'all watch what you say. And I think we people going to do that going forward, man. So the Lakers win the series in five games, like I told you. And now we wait. Now we wait. We wait on the winner of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets, which the Rockets are up three games to two. We're transitioning here. Three games to two. Game six is tomorrow night at nine o'clock. Now, my man's black, got OKC in seven. I have the Rockets in seven, and we have a nice smoothie <laughs> on this series. Now, black, just want to ask you, man, will the Oklahoma City Thunder win game six on Monday night and force a game seven? Talk to me, black. Of course, man. <laughs> I really think Chris Paul is going to show up tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Okay. I think he's, young, he's going to have his young guys ready. You know, they're, they're a determined bunch. You know, I think they can push this to a game seven and, you know, potentially shock the world and beat the Houston Rockets. But uh, we, do got, we do have Russell Westbrook back on the court. So uh, it's going to be a little more difficult, but I'm still rolling with my pick. Sure. You should. OKC in seven. You should. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with the Rockets in six games. I believe tomorrow night it is over. Uh, Russell Westbrook returned, and he brought a different energy. I said this last week on the sports desk. When Westbrook comes back, he provides a different type of intensity and a different type of energy that I don't see anyone on OKC that can match it. Nobody. Now, we got some really good games from both of these clubs in this series. Now, last night's game, uh, OKC just got smacked. They just got smacked last night. They did. 
Now, would this be a great game on Monday night? Sure. I think it's going to be a tooth and nail, knockout, drag out type of game. I really, really do believe that. But I just don't see Russell Westbrook allowing that team to lose um, this game. I just, I just don't see it. Now, Russell was limited. You know, he played a few minutes. He only scored eight points, something like that. But you've seen his presence on the floor defensively. You've seen him talking to his teammate, getting guys in position. He's the emotional leader of this team. James Harden is the best player on this team. He is. But I can tell you right now, I see Westbrook being the leader. Now, I'm going to go with Houston and go ahead and knock them boys off tomorrow and set up game one with the Los Angeles Lakers for Wednesday or Thursday uh, at the latest at 9 o'clock on TNT. Game one, and then I, <laughs> I'm about ready to tell you you're gonna win that series. Hold that, hold it. Don't I do ain't it. gonna do don't, it. Yeah, don't do it. I ain't gonna do it. it. I'm just, I'm about ready though, but okay. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna be respectful. Okay. And wait for the Rockets and the uh, Thunder to play out because on the next sports desk, the Lakers could be up two games to nothing on somebody. <laughs> on the next sports desk, so we'll see about that. All right, Black, let's go ahead and transition to the rest of the playoffs, man. The Los Angeles Clippers took care of business today. This was the most fun. Out of all the playoff series, as far as the chatter, the, the, the text threads, the Twitters, the, the sports radio, just a drama-filled series with the Mavs and the Clippers. Clippers took care of business today, winning the series in six games, four games to two. My God, Kawhi Leonard reminded me personally today that he is indeed about that life. Now, Black, I know you was pulling for seven games. You flipped your pick and went Mavs and sevens. I flipped my pick as well. But as soon as we flipped our pick, man, when it was 2-2, KP is out for the series. Luka just turns into a crying, whining baby Ooh. out there. And the Mavs just lost all composure. <clears throat> and like I said, when we first started talking about the playoffs, I'm not going to go against the championship pedigree of the Clippers. And they showed us that today. So overall, man, what you think of this series and how impressive were the Clippers today? Oh, uh, man, great series, man. Like D like said, I swapped my pick, man, to, to the Mavs, man, because the Mavs was really out there doing anything they wanted to do on the Clippers. Like, it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing to watch how they handled the Clippers uh, offensively, man. Like, mm -hmm. the Clippers couldn't do anything defensively with the Mavs, but um, the Clippers showed up today. Mm -hmm. um, Kawhi Leonard showed up today mm -hmm. and showed that uh, we're going to get these boys out of here because we can't play around. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I I really think having seeing the Lakers do what they did last night put a little umph uh, in that to get to get the Mavs up out of here. Facts. You know, but the the Clippers the Clippers are who they who they are, man. They are championship pedigree team. Uh, I'm not shocked that they won the series, but I still picked the Mavs because I want them to shock the world. You know, but they gave the Clippers some real problems in this game. Mm -hmm. We seen some side of different Clippers players that we can be like, you know what. That's something that the Lakers probably can look at and use, mm -hmm. you know, when we when we get a chance to play them, if we get a chance to play them. Mm -hmm. But uh, man, it was an exciting series, man, from game one to game six, man. A shout out to shout out to the Mavs, man, for doing everything that they did. You know, they up and coming, man. I, the Mavs yeah, will be yeah, right. Yeah, the Mavs yeah, will be yeah. right back. Yeah. Luca, man, Luca is that dude. I don't care what nobody say. He's yeah. that dude and wouldn't be shocked if he's in the MVP race next year. Right. You know, so shout out to, you know, the Clippers for closing the series out and the Mavs, man. Yeah. I, look, this was fun. Shout out to Freddie, man. Freddie Bricks. Freddie Bricks, man. He was the one 
waving the flag after like game one, and then the Clippers won game one. But you know, he really got the ball rolling, man, with everything. But you know what, man? The Mavs just folded. They mm. just folded. Um, KP got hurt. That doesn't help. But like Black was saying, we were talking earlier before the game. We were saying, you know, they won the game without KP, and they did. They did. Luca was hooping that game. Luca wasn't crying to the refs. And I was telling Black in game five, I noticed the change. It's like Luca was crying out for help. Every time he go to the hole, he looking at the ref. Like he was begging for a technical foul in game five. And they gave him one. They gave him a tech. And it's like Rick Carlisle just couldn't get those young guys back engaged, back focused, man, to stay the course. And when you're dealing with a killer like Paul George and a mastermind basketball coach like Doc Rivers with, with championship coaches on his on his uh uh by his side and Ty Lue, and you got veteran players, rough riders like Trez and, and Morris and, and Lou Will, like sooner or later, man, it was just gonna overtake the Mavs, and that's what it was. Now, if they would have had KP, I do believe we would have been dealing with a game seven. I do. I do believe we would have been dealing with that, man. But Tim Hardaway Jr., uh Seth Curry. Um, Trey Burke, these guys, they just couldn't keep it. And what I saw today with Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter of game six, he reminded me. Now, I have Kawhi's a top five player in the league. He might be a top three player in the league. But he reminded me today, he's similar to LeBron James in one way. They know what time it is. Both both of these guys, when I see these guys play, they just look different in their eyes. Mm. Their mannerisms, their demeanor, it's just different with these guys. And Kawhi barely took a blink in the fourth quarter of, the game, of this game because the Mavs made a run. They made a run and they got it to four. Mm. They were down 18 in the third and got it to four. And Kawhi was like, all right, everybody give me the ball and just get the hell out the way. And every time he run it down, three ball, boom. Defensive stock, come back, short ball, boom, coming back, layup, boom, coming back, mid-range, boom. I'm like, dog, he done hit four, five, six in a row. <laughs> and not even blanking. And he was holding his team accountable. Like, Trez missed a switch on the defensive end where he was supposed to switch off the right, and he went left and freed up a layup for Luka to get in early in the fourth quarter. And, and, and you see Kawhi like, hey, man, tighten up. Like, telling Trez, tighten up. Like, he has those guys' respect. And I just was reminded today. I was reminded today, and that's why I was saying throughout this whole thing, it's only one team that's going to give me problems going into the Western Conference Finals. And if it is the Los Angeles Clippers, which I believe it's going to be, look, man, we're going to be having a different type of talk because this is it. <clears throat> Whoever comes out of the Western Conference will be the NBA champion this year. But we'll wait and talk about that. I was just reminded today from Kawhi Leonard, man. I was reminded. All right, man, let's get into the other playoff series. We had the Milwaukee Bucks just go ahead and get rid of the Orlando Magic in five games after the Magic went ahead and won game one. The Bucks just ran off full straight and got them boys out of there. And then we had the Miami Heat sweeping the Pacers last week, which is set up for a very interesting, very interesting uh, playoff series that we're going to get on Tuesday. We have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. In the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, Black man, you talked a little bit about this yesterday. Black, what you got, man? <laughs> who, who coming out this series? Because we talked about this before the playoffs even started. Yes, we did. If the Heat was the matchup with the Bucks, so yeah. Who, hey, man, who you got, man? Who you got? I got the, I got the Miami Heat in seven in this game, man. 
Okay. I just like everything that Jimmy Butler is doing with this team. Mm-hmm. They got Bam Adebayo in the middle running things, man, and they got a plethora, <laughs> a plethora of shooters, <laughs> young shooters, Facts. who ready to just let that thing lock and go. Facts. And then shout out to uh, shout out to the the, the point guard. Also, the I can't remember his or, name for the Miami Heat. Drogic? Shout out to Drogics, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, man. Playing out of his mind in the first round against uh against the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, you're gonna have a few problems in this series, buddy. Yeah, facts. You're facts. gonna have a few problems, yeah, man. George, yeah. And I think you're gonna have to take your level of play up a notch. If Facts. the Bucks get over the if the Bucks get over the top and beat Miami Heat, but I don't think you're gonna do that. Facts. I don't think you're gonna do that. I like the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler to win this series in seven games. Wow, 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 wow. Um Yeah, I'm 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 going back and forth, man. I was talking to my pops today, man, and and um it, it's it's like I wanna say heat in seven. I'm gonna say heat in seven. That's my pick. I'm going to stick with Jimmy Butler and them shooters. The question is going to be, will Bam out of Bayou be able to do what Pascal Siakam did last year? Mm. Pascal Siakam gave Giannis Antetokounmpo fits, not playing defense against him, but his offense. Yes. Giannis had to work on both sides of the floor against the Raptors last year, resulting in the Raptors eventually knocking off the Bucs, who were favored to go to the NBA Finals. I see a similar type ingredient with the Miami Heat, but some added things from the Heat. Championship coach, Eric Spolstra. Miami lifer. He's been in our organization over 20 years. Two championship rings. He's played with the best players. He's coached the best players in the world. He's seen it. He's not intimidated by Giannis and the Bucs. He's face adversity as a head coach. And I'm looking at Eric Spolstra and then I'm looking at Budenholzer in Milwaukee. I'm giving the edge to Spo over Budenholzer. Even though Budenholzer comes from that Spurs background, Greg Popovich, I'm giving it to him. But look, Jimmy Butler's a rough rider. <laughs> and the Heat will not be intimidated. See, Giannis, Mo Wagner. Yeah. Mo Wagner, dude, he does not play for the Heat. <laughs> You're not going to check Bam. You're not going to check Jimmy. If you run up on Dunn, if you run up on Drogic, if you run up on my boy Tyler, the cool kid hero, <laughs> you got problems. <laughs> And I think that is an interesting dynamic. Now, I'm not just going to just remove the books from this equation because, yes, they have all of the tools to not only beat the Heat, but they have the tools to actually win the title this year. But I don't think they have what it takes to get over the hump yet. I don't believe in Eric Bledsoe. Nice player. Don't believe in him. Don't believe in Robin and Brooke Lopez. Nice players. I just don't believe in them when it's time. George Hill, you seen what he do in game one of the NBA Finals where he just got to make two free throws to put the Cavs up one game to nothing over the 73 and whatever they were Golden State Warriors. So I'm sticking with that, George Hill. Nice player, though. So the dynamics are going to be there. 
Now you got the young Tyler Hero, and I can't forget the shooter from the Heat, man, the, the three-point sniper. Uh, Chris Robinson. That's his last name, Robinson? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, yeah. Boy? Problem. <laughs> it's problem. It's like, all he got to do is see one go in. <laughs> he don't need to get in the ring. He just need to see one go in. And you know one thing about him, D? What's that? He ain't going to stop shooting. No, sir. And they going to keep giving it to him. He ain't going to stop shooting. Yes, sir. So it's just an exciting dynamic. I'm really looking forward to this series. They do tip off Tuesday uh, at seven o'clock. They do tip off on Tuesday at seven o'clock. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hopefully seven games of Jimmy Butler and Bam versus Giannis. All right, Black. Let's see. Let's see what else we got on the agenda today. All right. So tonight, Sunday, we have Game Six: Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets. Black. Do the Nuggets even the series tonight? Oh man, this is this is a tough one, man. Um, I don't know, D. I, but. I, if I had to pick right now, man, I will. I'm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Jazz close the series out tonight. Okay, tonight. All right. All right. I'm going to pick the Jazz. I. I think. Uh, what's my man? I forget his name. Yeah, Donovan man. Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell has one of those games, and I think he another get, one. I think he get Gobert and uh, Mike Conley on board to get this thing done okay. tonight. Okay. So okay. Uh, we we'll see what happened tonight because. I feel like he could have another forty pointer, something like that, mm. in this game. But um, I'm gonna roll with the Jazz tonight to get it done. Okay, I'm gonna take the Nuggets. I'm gonna take the Nuggets. So by the time our listeners hear this, you know that game will already be done, and we know we could be dealing with a game seven, or we could be dealing with a second round matchup between the Jazz and the Clips. But I'm gonna take Denver. I'm gonna take Denver tonight. I just think that you know Jamal Murray and the crew. Uh, we waiting for a big game from Jokic too. Like Jokic, like we just waiting on it. Like, he's had some decent games in this series, mm. but we saw him put up a 40-piece in the playoffs last year. We saw him give the, the Portland Trailblazers all they could handle in the paint last year. So, I'm going to roll with the Denver Nuggets, and we hopefully we can see a Game 7, which will take place on Tuesday. Tuesday night of Game 7, all right? All right, Black, so let's go ahead, man, and get back into the second round. Today kicked off a shocking, shocking loss, shocking uh, game one with the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors, it wasn't the fact that Boston won the game. It was just the beating that they put on the <laughs> Raptors, the the defending champions. So, Black, just you know, real quick, like what did we, what did you see, what did you get a feel for uh, in game one with Celtics and Raptors? Do you think it's gonna be a trend uh, with Boston? Um, it's I'm I was actually shocked at this game, Facts. but. I sh- we shouldn't be shocked because Boston is one of the better defensive teams in the league, and uh, their head coach Brad uh, Stevenson Brad Stevenson knows how to game game plan yeah. against teams like this. Facts. You know, that has a lot of different weapons. Mm-hmm. He knows how to take them away. Mm-hmm. He knows how he knows how to do things like that, and that's exactly what he did today. Yeah. Um, Pascal Siakam and uh, Fred Van Van Vliet Van Fleet combined for eight for thirty two. You know, that's not going to win the Raptors game. And I don't know what happened to Kyle Lowry today. Uh, but, yeah, I just, Boston showed up. They had balance today. They got, they got, 20, they got 21 out of uh, Jason Tatum. They got another 21 out of Marcus Smart. And then Kimba pulled in 19 points today. Mm. So, um, man, this series is going to be back and forth, D. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um, I picked the series to go seven games, which which I believe it will. I'll be shocked if it didn't. Mm. But um, I think the Raptors get their stuff together, man, and play better in game two. But man, 
uh, Boston Boston showed them why, you know, Boston is always in this position and why they're always in the playoffs. And teams like Boston are difficult for uh, Boston is difficult for teams like the Raptors, man, that really does. Who do you go to? Mm. Who do you go to? Like, like we they, they, don't, they don't have a Kawhi or LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. They do it by committee. They mm-hmm. just don't have that one guy they can go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Boston Celtics exposed that today. Look. <laughs> All I could think of after the game was them boys. You trash! <laughs> you not well, moving! I'm like, I'm like, Toronto, what is that? Look, I know teams will lose games, Black. I know they will lose games. But I was stunned to see how these... This is the best overall team that plays well together. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about all season. I was sh- I kept looking at my phone because I was telling you, like, man, I didn't even realize the game was on because it came on so early. But I'm looking at the box score right here, 122 to 100. So I'm thinking, like, yo, uh, uh, Tatum must have went up for a 50-piece. He did it. I'm like, okay, well, Jalen Brown must have had high 30s, 40-point game. He did it. <laughs> the, the Celtics just outplayed the Raptors. See, Yakum? And Van Fleet, like you said, Black, like, hey, 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 clean it up. Clean it up. Kyle Lowry, clean it up. Now, this is a game in game two. Dog, Boston, I mean, Toronto got to win. They do. I don't see a scenario, like, if they go down two games to nothing, I just don't see a scenario where that could be, like, something that they can still dig out of. Because, look, all it's going to take is Jason Tatum to go off for a 40-piece. And now you're down 3 nothing. Now, I'm going, I got Boston winning this series in seven games. I got them winning. Mm. But look, man, I'm not going to be surprised at all that Toronto win this series. But I don't want to see this no more. Yeah. Nick Nurse is a very good coach. Nick Nurse is coach already of the year. a top five coach in the NBA. He is. This man is brilliant. I love Nick Nurse. But this effort that the Raptors gave today, nah, man. That ain't going to cut it, man, because the last thing you want to do, and this is small ball, like Siakam and Gasol and, and Ibaka, like what happened in the paint? Mm. That's a bad sign losing by 22 in game one uh, of the second round, but it's one game. The beautiful thing about the playoffs is you take a day off, you recharge, you focus, you learn something, and then you get another crack at the same team who busts you down by 22. So we'll see how that plays out, man. So, yeah, just interesting, interesting game. All right, so me and Black are watching Payback, WWE pay-per-view. Now, you may hear me, Earl Black, start screaming and shouting if Sasha Banks turns on Bailey, if she turns on her on this match. So, hey, just giving you a fair warning what's going on here. All right, so other than that, man, in the, in the NBA, that's pretty much, let's see what else we got on the docket NBA. Oh, real quick. Now, Black, I got some beef. I got some beef, Black. Something went down this week. Uh, we don't need that. We need this one. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Now, Black. Ooh, boy. Black. <laughs> I'm at the gym. You know, I'm at the gym and 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 um, I'm wrapping it up and my 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 phone goes off, my Apple Watch goes off, and I get an alert uh to it and I, and I look down on it and it says, "Uh, the 2020 Defensive Player of the Year." I said, "Oh man, if Anthony Davis got that award, 
Yeah, Anthony Anthony Davis got the defensive player of the year this year, Black. And then I kept scrolling. Can somebody explain to me why Giannis Antetokounmpo is the defensive player of the year? Go look at the stats. Go look at what Anthony Davis did. Go look at compare to compare to what Giannis Antetokounmpo did. Now, is Giannis a good defensive player? He absolutely is. He is. But for the entire season, what have we been saying about AD? You getting nothing in the paint. Block. Defensive rebounds. Second chance point. Like he's doing every D. I mean, he's covering so much ground. He has more steals than y'all. Like AD had a fantastic defensive year. But then again, Giannis gets another award, which I feel like he didn't deserve. And yes, it's true. No, I don't like Giannis. No. But I'm not picking on him. My eyes work. I watch basketball every single night. I see it over. And I saw what Bam Adebayo did to him. (laughs) But did you see what Anthony Davis did to Bam Adebayo? Yes, I did. Huh? Two times. (laughs) So, I mean, which one is it? So, NBA, I just need some clarity. Can somebody come out and clarify why Giannis is the defensive player of the year? Again, don't get me wrong. Yes, he is a good defensive player. He is. But I need somebody to explain it to me because I look at the stats and I look at the Lakers as a team defense and they're slightly better than the Bucs. They are. The Bucs are a good defense team, but the Lakers are better. So, NBA, come on, man. Y'all robbed LeBron of a defensive player. He ain't gave it to Mark Gasol. Come on, man. Let's tighten up, man. Anthony Davis, I believe you got robbed, sir. Blake, you got anything on that? Uh, yeah, man. Anthony Davis totally got robbed. Uh, I just can't believe this, man. We were talking about this last night. Like, to see him win this, this defensive player at the end, then potentially be on the way to win this, uh, MVP. MVP. Like, we haven't we haven't seen that done since Michael Jordan. 1987, and, uh, 1988. Uh, uh, is is Giannis really gonna be the guy who does that since Michael Jordan? Really? It looked like Giannis. It looked like, like that's that's what we're gonna do. Like, it's crazy, man. Uh Anthony Davis should have hands down been defensive player of the year. NBA, y'all gotta tighten up, man. This man picked no Mo Wagner, bro. <laughs> He picked on uh, Moore Wagner. Yeah. Like, he didn't pick on Bam out of Bayou. He didn't pick on Jimmy Butler. He didn't pick on Anthony Davis. He didn't pick on none of those guys. He picked on Mo Wagner. Mo. That's your defensive player of the year. Yeah. Mo. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that, you know, that's just, just a little bit of beef, man. I just, that, it just really bothered me, man, that he won defensive player of the year. All right, before we wrap up the NBA, man, let's talk a little bit Carmelo Anthony. Let's talk about Melo, man. He's dude. He's old, this man. So we know the story. Melo was kind of blackballed out of the league. Not kind of. He was blackballed out of the league two years ago. And it was unfathomable to think that Carmelo Anthony couldn't get a job. Mm. We're talking about a surefire Hall of Fame player. Top 10 NBA score ever. We see with our eyes what he did with does with the basketball. And this man could not get a job. He was released in the middle of the night by the Houston Rockets in his hotel room on the road. Mm -hmm. General manager called him on the phone and said, hey, man, it's just not working out. 
Wow. And you let Carmelo Anthony go, and this man could not get a job. But thank God for Terry Stotts, Dame Lillard, and CJ McCullough for going up to going upstairs and talking to management and say, hey, get Melo in here. And look what Melo did. Mm. I am so happy for him. He had a great, great season with the Portland Trailblazers. And Melo got like two or three more years left in the tank, man. Melo can still average 15 points in this league. He can shoot 20. Shoot. Yeah, and we seen what he did when he started last night. Mm-hmm. He still almost had 30 points last night against the Lakers. So shout out to Carmelo Anthony, man. I'm happy for you, bro. Like Carmelo Anthony has been widely regarded as one of the better dudes in the NBA. One of the better guys in the NBA. And we see his talent is still alive and well. And hopefully he stays with the Trailblazers. And if not, there is another opportunity for him to remain in the NBA because you got to be stupid if you don't think Carmelo Anthony can contribute to an NBA team. So I just want to say, hey, shout out to you, Melo, dog. Like, you deserve it, bro. So what you got? Yeah, man, shout out to Melo, man. Shout out to him, man. Three year, $60 million. Somebody give it to him. Okay. Three year, 60. Okay. I think that's what the, I think that's what Melo deserves, man. He's shown why he's one of the better scorers in his league. Uh-huh. If you didn't pay attention to the game last night, he gave AD fits. He gave LeBron fits last right, night. Right. The man still can shoot the ball. Yeah. The man still can get to the cup when he wants to. Yeah. He can do it all offensively. He can. Right. He needs to be in this league. Right. He has to be in this league. And I would love to, like he said, I would love for him to be in Portland. I think they got a good thing going with Melo over there. Facts. They really do. Once they get Trevor Reza back and Melo in that mix together, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. could be something. It could probably it could be, be something. So nice. You know, so. Man, don't don't turn your back on Melo again. He he's reminded everyone, all of his naysayers, why he should be in the NBA. Three year, sixty million, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I'm with it, man. I'm with it, man. I think Melo, you know, like he he showed enough. He showed way more than enough, man, to keep his spot in the NBA. All right, all right, man. So we're gonna get out of the National Basketball Association. And we are going to get into a little bit of college football. And uh, we had some, we had the AP poll come out, man. And me and Black are, you know, want to talk about that and get into it a little bit. Music. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk a little bit of college football. So, Black, we had the AP poll. We had the AP poll come out. Uh, I think it came out towards the end of last week, man. We got the top 10 preseason. So, I'm going to read it off, and we're going to see how you feel about it, man. So, at number 10, we got Notre Dame fighting Irish. Nine, Oregon Ducks. Eight, the Florida Gators. Number seven, Penn State, who will not be playing football this year. Six is the LSU Tigers after losing all that talent. They're still sixth in the country. Number five, the Oklahoma Sooners. Four, Georgia Bulldogs. Three, Alabama Crimson Tide. Number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes, who will not be playing this year. And, of course, number one overall, the Clemson Tigers. Now, Black, with this list that we got in front of us, man, break it down for me, man. What do you see? What do you like? What do you dislike with this list? Well, um, it, could be, it could just be me, D, but. I don't. I, I know you have to rank all the teams, but Ohio State and Penn State's not playing this year. 
They're not. They're not playing football this they're year, not. so I don't know why they would be a part of the AP poll, mm-hmm. and they're not playing football this year. But uh, other than that, I really believe. I, I really, really believe Florida is a top five team. I do too. I really believe that. They're not a number eight team. I really believe you could have took Oklahoma out of that fifth spot and gave it to uh, gave it to Florida. Uh-huh. But uh, other 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 than that, man, the first time a national champion is, has started the season outside of the top five, mm-hmm. LSU is number six. You know, usually when we see a national championship, a national champion, they're usually up there like one or two the next season. They lost a lot. Yeah, they lost a lot, and they're they starting off the season number six. But uh, don't really have too too many problems with this uh, top ten list, other than Florida being a top ten. I mean, a top five team, and Ohio State and Penn State not not being in the top ten at all since they're not playing football. Mm. So I look at this list, okay, and. I know college football, when they do the rankings, it's based off three things. It's based off uh, who you have coming back, uh, your recruiting class. Well, two things. Who you got coming back in your recruiting class. I, I understand that. But I'm looking at this list. And for the life of me, I don't think Penn State, I, I'm excuse me, I don't think LSU's a top 10 team coming back. I don't. I get it that they won the title last year. That's last year. You don't? They lost everything. Offensive coordinator, they lost everything. Everything. And I just don't understand, like, what we got going on. Why is, he, why, why is his team ranked number six in the country to start the season? And then we look at the Georgia Bulldogs. I know Georgia always has consistent great classes year in and year out. and But I don't think they're better than the Florida Gators. I don't think they're better than the Florida Gators. I think the Florida Gators are better than the Georgia Bulldogs this year. And I truly believe that the Florida Gators are a definitely, definitely top three team in the country coming back. Okay, okay. I, I just think they are. Well, all the talent they got coming back, and I can't speak highly enough about Dan Mullen. I, hell, I wish he was the head coach at Florida State. This man is fantastic. He's a fantastic coach. Those kids love him. They, they play hard for him, and they got a lot of talent coming back. Now, I believe today the news came out that uh, P. Ryan got hurt uh, oh, for Florida. I, I seen our uh, college football correspondent, Cedric Farr, uh, tweeting on it. Now, I don't know the extent if he got hurt or not, but I just seen said tweet, uh, sucks to hear about P. Ryan. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Oh, man, I didn't see that. So, I, I didn't see it either, man. So, maybe we could look that up real quick and see okay. if whatever happened to uh, – to P. Ryan, but I seen uh, Sad tweet that earlier. But anyway, Clemson number one, no brainer. I just get upset every time we see, I look at this and Ohio State ain't playing. I get upset. I get upset with Penn State not playing. Like, I just get upset. So what is the new AP poll going to look like? Because obviously you got two teams in the Big Ten who are playing, and then you got one team in the Pac-12 who not playing, and that's the Oregon Ducks ranked number nine. So I'm not... I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding here. But overall, I, I I do have beef with this. I do have beef with this list, man. So, you know, I, I think, you know, with football, because what, college football starts what? Another week? Yeah. Week another, and a half? Beginning of sept, mid, September, beginning of September, September, something like that? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, man. So we so college football is cranking up, and we're gonna be cranking it up here at the sports desk. So we're gonna get Cedric Farr in here. He's gonna be helping us talk uh, about college football and breaking everything down. So you know we'll see. But I think all in all, man, uh, once we get to top twenty five, I don't know if that has released yet. Then uh, we can get more in depth uh, with the rankings, man. But um, I think Florida should be a top three team. I'm fine with Alabama where they are. I think Georgia is still a top six or seven team, but Florida's in front of them. Notre Dame, I mean, they got a lot of talent coming back. LSU, I just don't think they top ten, and that's just where I stand on it. That's where I stand on college football. So, Black, we know college football is almost here. It is almost here. So, how you feeling, man, with college football on its way back? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Uh... This is my sport, man. College, I love college football mm-hmm. over over anything. I love mm-hmm. NFL. I love basketball. But college football, mm-hmm. that's what I love. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm excited, man, to see the dynamic of what's going to be put on the field. We got a little taste last night. We had Austin Pave. Austin Pave. What is it? Pave? Austin Pave. Austin Pave. They played uh, last night. I can't remember exactly who they played. But it was, it was kind of entertaining. It was... Weird to see not many fans in the crowd, but it was yeah, fans. Yeah. But it's college football. It's not Division One, but it's college football. You know, <laughs> so it was good to see players back on the field. Yeah, and even even watching high school football on ESPN yesterday, it was it was good to see. But yeah. man, I'm excited about college football. Um, I'm ready to see what what my nose is going to do this year. I'm seeing a yeah. lot. I'm I'm seeing a lot of good things on Twitter. You know, we had a little hiccups like. Any other teams would here and there, a lot of differences and everything. But seems like Florida State has put that behind them, and they're moving forward. So I'm ready to see the product that Mike Norvell is going to put on the field. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing and hearing a lot of good things coming out of Florida State about their secondary and uh, how improved the offensive line is. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. We get thrown right into the fire. So I'm excited about college football. In its entirety, like D said, man, it sucks to not have Ohio State be able to play college football. Mm-hmm. Not just Ohio State. You had up and coming Minnesota, Penn mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Like those teams, like you want to have the Big Ten in college football. Pac-12 I was, too. I, yeah. And I was in me, I was kind of fine in Pac-12. Do what you do, Pac-12. But the <laughs> SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten, those should have been must for college football. But uh, that's not happening. And I'm not against these guys trying to rule and find a ways to get their season put back. I love that. They're not they're not just settling for not playing. These yeah. guys are out there trying to play, trying to see what they can do for their season to be brought back for the Big Ten. Right. But, man, so excited for college football season. I can't wait till everything kicks off. Facts, man. Facts. Very, very excited. All right, man, so let's transition into the WWE, and it is heating up in the WWE, and I am pissed off. Because what I thought was going to happen tonight did not happen in the WWE. favorite theme songs right there all right black let's get into it man so last week last week you weren't here 
um, to talk about this part of the show. But we have a new Universal Champion. We know who that is, correct? Yes, sir. <laughs> And in the midst of that, in the midst of a new universal champion, we had a return. We had to return the big dog. <laughs> Roman Reigns came out of nowhere, attacked Strowman and attacked the Fiend. And as a result of that, we have a triple threat match for the universal championship tonight on Payback. And I'm excited to see this match tonight. But things got a little interesting. A little interesting on Friday Night Smackdown. Now, when Roman Reigns returned, the word was, oh, he turned heel. He turned heel. And shout out to our wrestling correspondent, PJ Durrell. Me and him was like, yeah, I don't really know about if he turned heel or not. It just seemed like he really came back. But then Smackdown happened this past Friday night, and they had the contracts going around to sign for the triple threat match for the Universal title tonight. And Roman Reigns was hinting that, you know, he needed to get his contract reviewed and looked over. He got somebody who's going to take a look at him like, okay, this is not normal Roman Reigns type stuff. And we get to the end of SmackDown and we got The Fiend signing his contract. We got Strowman signing his contract. And then Roman Reigns is sitting on the sofa and he's talking trash and he says a Paul Heyman catchphrase that ladies and gentlemen this is a spoiler is what Paul Heyman says and then they pan the camera over to Paul Heyman and says Roman Reigns phrase believe that and black how crazy is it that Roman Reigns has aligned himself with Paul Heyman. Talk to me, Black. Man, it's crazy. It's different, though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. We're yeah. so used to seeing Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. and then you get the big dog come back, mm-hmm. and the big dog is on a mission. Yes, he is. Big dog, let everybody know that that Universal Championship belongs to me. Facts. Never lost it. It belongs to him. Never lost it. Uh, and then align himself with Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing for wrestling. Yeah. It's amazing. It's going to be so interesting to see to see this match tonight mm-hmm. and moving over because this is just the start of it. Oh, facts. This is just the start of it. Facts. But I love the fact that you got three of the big dogs in The Fiend. Yes. Braun Strowman. Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns yes. all in one match. It doesn't get any better than that. Yes. That's three of the top guys in one match, and we get that tonight on Payback. Yes. Like, I'm excited. It's going to be interesting to see where, where it goes. I'm interested to see if they're going to keep all guys in this storyline through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, Or is yeah. it going to turn and be two, th- two, two people, like maybe The Fiend and maybe Roman uh, Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah. That's what I'm looking to see what happens tonight. Yeah. But I'm excited, man. I like uh, Paul Heyman being plugged in with uh, Roman Reigns. It, it it put on for a great show and something interesting to watch for. Yeah, um, I'm excited as well. Like Black said, like this is different. Like this is new. Like Roman Reigns is a polarizing figure, a la like John Cena. Roman Reigns come out to the ring, people booing the hell out of him. You know, same thing like John Cena. But the difference between Cena and Reigns is Cena refused to go heel. 
And I understood why he didn't go heal because he felt like the children of the world, you know, would be devastated and it would go against everything John Cena ever said out, out into the ring and out to the people. And to a degree, certain degree, I agree with that. He is one of those figures who, man, if, you, if he turns heel, his whole, his whole catalog could just be destroyed. But not with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns came in as a destroyer with the shield. Roman Reigns came in and worked his way up to the top and demanded his respect by night in and night out, just performing just beautifully out there. So it kind of fits that when he left, for all who don't know, Roman Reigns, yes, was supposed to face Bill Goldberg for the universal title at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns just had two new, beautiful twin babies. And he chose the safety of his children and his family over competing. And he withdrew from WrestleMania and he took a leave of absence from the WWE to ensure that his family was in good shape. And he caught hell for that. The fans were just unreasonable. Hmm. The media was just terrible about this guy. Like, what a, What about, y'all don't understand that I got to make sure my family good. I got two newborn babies in the midst of a virus that's killing people. What What? A, I don't understand. I never had a problem with Roman taking a step away. Not one. But boy, did he make his presence known. Mm, mm, and he mm. came back and I love the t-shirt. Wreck everything and leave. <laughs> and now he's with Paul Heyman, who was, of course, we all know Brock Lesnar's mouthpiece. And we know the character Brock Lesnar was. And I don't know what Brock Lesnar's deal is with WWE. Is he gone? Is he just taking a hiatus? But man, that's interesting too. Because mm. if Brock's going to return, how's that going to play out? Because we know what Lesnar and Reigns uh, have done, you know, with their careers, especially going against one another. But it's dope. It's fun to see. Payback is shaping up to be a very good event. Uh, tonight you had Sasha and Bailey lose the tag titles. We have new women tag team champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. The turn is happening, folks. I thought it was going to happen tonight, but it didn't. She gave but her that look, Sasha though. Sasha gave her the look. She gave her the look. It's happening. And I love how WWE is doing it now. It's like piece by piece, they're forced to go back into their roles because they don't have any belts. Bailey has the only belt. Yes. So Sasha has nothing now, and we'll see what happens there. But we got Keith Lee, my man Keith Lee in the ring against Randy Orton. Um, we got Dominic Mysterio um, and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Murphy later on tonight. Um, and, of course, we got the main event with The Fiend, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman taking place. So really, really dope. Really, really dope. WWE is doing uh, some good things right now. We're happy uh, to see that. All right, Black, let's see. Let's see, what, what else? Well, Black, we kind of running short today, Black. But I, before we get there, I wanted to ask you something last week, but you wasn't here last week. But you're here now. So I want to get your take on something that broke loose, Black. 47-year-old Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> yeah. 47-year-old Oscar De La Hoya. Y'all must have forgot, 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 forgot. Is following line in line with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. to make comebacks in their 40s, almost 50s. Black, you've watched a lot of Oscar De La Hoya, <laughs> and he's one of the greats. Mm -hmm. Black, how do you feel about this? Do you want to see this? And is there anybody 
who you would like to see Oscar fight at 47. And before you go, Dana White says the reason that Oscar De La Hoya is coming back to fight is because cocaine isn't cheap. Mm. That's what Dana White said. Mm. That's what Dana White said. And for all who don't know, Oscar has had a tough times with drugs and alcohol, and he had some beef with Dana White over promoting. And Dana White came out and said that's the reason he's coming back, because cocaine ain't cheap. Black, talk to me about De La Hoya coming back. Boy, that's hard to Dana. It is. It that's is. hard to Dana. Oh, man. Uh, cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll with it. You know, I, I don't know. Like like DJ said, he had, he's had a lot of problems over the years outside of the ring. Yeah. He's, you know, he's always, he's been a promoter, a, a promoter, a label, a label head. I mean, well, not a label head, but uh, he's been, he's a promoter. He's one been of the, the head of a promoter. He's Golden been, Boy. Yeah, Golden Boy. Yeah. He's the CEO, you know, the chairman yeah. of, of of Golden Boy and a promoter. So, you, you know, we always seen De La Hoya like with the, with the likes of uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez always in his corner and those uh, type of up and coming guys. So. Uh, it's interesting to see what happens with it. Will I watch De La Hoya fight somebody? No, I'm more interested in Mike Tyson than or Roy Jones Jr. But what? But what if he fights but, somebody? I'm just saying, what if he fights somebody? Because we uh, didn't, we didn't think we was gonna watch Mike Tyson until they announced it was Roy Jones. We didn't see it was Roy Jones coming. Yeah, but you, mm. I don't. This tough man. I really don't know if I wanna see De La Hoya fight, man. You. Bro, you're not, I don't think you in this for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I don't know not. if you he in not. it for the right reasons. I know Mike Tyson is. He's showing us he's in it for the right reasons. Yep. Roy Jones Jr. is in it for the right reasons. Oscar De La Hoya, I'm not totally, I don't totally agree and know if you're in it for the right reasons. But uh, I don't know who they could even put him in there with. Would they put them in, in there with another old guy like a Shane Mosley? That's what I was thinking. Or someone like that? That's what or I was thinking. Sugar maybe a, a Bernard Hopkins or something like That's that? That's what I was thinking. Or, That's well, what I was thinking. You know, we already seen him fight these guys. But you ain't seen him you fight know? about 47. We haven't, but... Would you I, watch it? If they came out tomorrow, breaking news, da-da-da, da-da-da, Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, November 13th, in L.A., then you, you watch? Then you know why I'm going to watch it. Yeah, because you like I love Bo- Yes, yeah. I'm going to watch it for that. Well, what if it was Shane Mosley? I don't know, D. Yes, I, don't think I, I don't think I would watch it. Black, we watching it together. Ain't no way we're going to find it, something else Oscar to do, Black. Oscar De just don't sound intriguing at 47 years old. He doesn't. But these are two Mike Tyson sounds intriguing at 40, at 50 years old because we're seeing the work that he's putting in. You would watch. What videos have we seen? What training videos have we seen from Nothing. Oscar De La Hoya? Nothing. Have we seen anything? No, but you would watch. Nothing. You would watch. Because I'm a boxing watch. fan. I would watch okay, it, but yeah. I probably wouldn't be entertained. Would- if it was the execution, I would be very entertained. Very entertained. But we'll see what happens with Oscar De La Hoya. Um, I'm not a fan of him coming back. If all these if all these fighters coming back to do different things, shoot, you might as well let Floyd come back. And here lately, what I'm seeing from Floyd, he's posting a lot of videos of him training, a lot of videos showing he in tip top shape. Could he be the next one to come back? Could he be the next one? Probably. We shall see. Probably. Um, I just have like my popcorn, uh, some snacks, 
a couple orchids. <laughs> and uh, I just be ready to laugh. To watch Oscar, huh? Yeah. Okay. I just be ready to laugh. I just be ready to sit down and enjoy the show. I wouldn't take anything seriously of a Bernard Hawkins and Sugar Shane Mosley uh, fight that's announced. I'm taking seriously Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, though. Yeah. You know, you we, we having big boy snacks for Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. <laughs> but for, for, for De La Hoya and uh, Shane Mosley or De La Hoya and something like that, you know, we'll see. But I just thought it was intriguing and I wanted to get your, uh, get your thoughts on that. All right, Black. So we have some, we have some news in the NBA uh, take place, man. And uh, let's go ahead and crank it up, baby. have been waiting on this news to drop for seem for seems like 5000 years and it finally happened today let's get this on film dog hello it finally happened black yannick ngakwe has been finally traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Minnesota Vikings for an exchange for the 2021 second round pick and a conditional 2022 fifth round pick. Gawkway is now a Viking. Vikings give up a second and a fifth for his services. Now, Black, that's not it. The Jacksonville Jaguars have officially came out and said that they are in rebuilding mode. That was broke today by many resources in Jacksonville who cover the Jaguars. That the, that the, the, the mood in the front office, the mood in the front office is that the Jacksonville Jaguars are in rebuilding building mode so i just wanted to set the table hello one more time i just want to set the table black and i'm going to give you the opportunity because we don't have the great freddie briggs here today we don't so black is all up to you to let all of our faithful listeners know here in this great city of jacksonville with the jacksonville jaguars that yannick and gawkway is now a viking and the jaguars are rebuilding Talk to me, Black, of indeed how you feel. Hold on, let me get you going. Well, first off, man, shout out to Yannick, man, on becoming a Minnesota Viking. Yeah. Only thing I can say about that is it's about damn time. Oh, God. It's about time. This man should have been gone. Yeah. He should have been gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm done with that. Okay. Now, in 2020, mm. the 2020 football season. Yes, sir. The Jacksonville Jaguars announce yes. that they're in rebuild mode. That's what the reports say. That's what the reports say? Yes. Deja, can you answer this for me? Sure. In 2019, <laughs> Jacksonville still was competing to get to a Super Bowl, huh? 
No. They were not. <laughs> no. In 2018, D, you can answer this for me? Sure. Was the Jacksonville Jaguars competing to get to a Super Bowl? No, the Jaguars were not competing to go to a Super Bowl. But in 2020, yeah. we decide, uh-huh. the front office decides, yeah. bitch-ass Dave Cardwell, yeah. and Doug Marone <laughs> decide to say, we are in rebuild mode. Yes, they did. Is it because you finally traded in Dockway? Now that we in rebuild mode? Mm. You feel like you got the lonely piece from that NFC champions, that mm. NFC uh, title team, that AFC. AFC title team that lost to New England Patriots. You finally got really the last big piece uh-huh. of that out of here. Uh-huh. Now we in rebuild mode? Well, for me, D, we've been rebuilding it for the last three damn years. <laughs> we've been rebuilding for the last three years. <laughs> We had one shockwave year. Absolutely. In 2017 when we got to the AFC Championship. Facts. One shockwave year. Facts. Should have went to a Super Bowl if calls would have went our way. Miles Jack went down. But they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, what do we get? Typical Jaguar football. In the midst of all that, I guess the front office decided, okay, we gotta, we gotta clean house and get these bad eggs and mm. eggs out the basket mm. you get mm. rid of you get rid of Blake Bortles yeah you get rid of Jalen Ramsey yeah you get rid of uh, who else you Fowler. get rid of Fowler yeah Mar- Marquise Lee's gone yeah you now in Dockway's gone uh-huh I'm just saying some of the big guys some of the big names on that Key team contributors to Key that contributors team. to that team yeah oh and I- I'm sorry then you trade yes then you trade your second best corner. I can't think his name off the top of my Boye. head. Boye. to the Denver. Uh, to Denver Broncos, to right? Denver Broncos. And who else did they trade, Black? Um, who else did they trade? Big Calais Campbell. Oh, man. <laughs> For a fifth round pick. To the Baltimore Ravens. Mr. Pro Bowler. Yeah. Mr. Pro Bowler. One of the For best, a fifth round pick. One of the best things the Jacksonville Jaguars had going for him. To the Baltimore Ravens. You know what the Ravens said? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. For a fifth round, I give you that all day. Appreciate it. Our fifth rounds usually get cut, so we you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you get all that stuff out of here. Yeah. You get everything out of here. You start cutting players, not even trading them. You start cutting them. You start cutting them. And then we get these new batch of guys in here that really don't look too bad last year, D. That mm-hmm. you you seem like you. You may have a little something in the little the young talent that we have now. Shout out to uh to Shark to DJ Shark, DJ Shark. who showed out last year and became a Pro Bowler. Very shout nice out to receiver. Him. Very shout nice. out to him and shout out and and then you signed and then you went out and signed gave eighty million dollars to Nick Foles. Mm. Mm. D, where's Nick Foles now? Nick Foles is in Chicago. He played one and a half games. Okay, I'm almost done. He played one and a half games. So why in the hell in 2020 do you decide to come out and say that you're rebuilding now? D, I'm tired of the negativity that we talk about the Jaguars. It's never nothing positive. Never. Never nothing positive. No. I listen to sports talk radio all the time. Yes. 
1010. Shout out to those guys. I listen to those guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know one thing I don't hear on 1010? What's that? Rick Ballou and those guys. You never hear anything positive about the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Why is it always negative? Why? Right. I don't understand. We've been building, we've been rebuilding for three damn years. You should have said this shit three years ago that the Jaguars are rebuilding. You let that, you let that be known when you traded, you traded Jalen Ramsey that you have no hope for the Jaguars moving forward. When you traded Calais Camel, you have no hopes for the Jaguars moving forward. Facts. Dante Fowler, you have no hopes for the Jaguars moving forward. Facts. And now, Yannick, you have no hope for the Jaguars moving forward. Yes. Yeah. D, I'm just sick of it, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't even like, I don't even have no more words for, for them. Sure. Like, it's crazy that the Jaguars have to continue and continue to go through this. So, you know what I'm going to do this year, D? What's that, Black? I want to drink my orchids. <laughs> Have some public wings. Have some chips and dip. I'm just going to sit back and then just see what product the Jaguars put on the field. And I'm not, I don't even think I'm going to get upset this year, D. I think I may, may have more of a good time watching the Dallas Cowboys put in work this sure. year than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure, sure. And I know it's going to be shocking to hear me say that because people know I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. But I think it's going to be more exciting. Exciting, I said. To watch the Dallas Cowboys play football. I would think so. Then the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would think so. So, D, that's what I'm going to do this year. Okay. So, if you want to come over and join, you sure. can. Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Why not? Because the negativity around the Jaguars is just not worth the time and the energy as a fan. It's not worth it. <laughs> Jacksonville, y'all have to get it together. But like we've been saying for the past year. The past couple of months, since we found out about number 16 at the University of Clemson. Oh, my God. We've been saying it. If you're rebuilding, that better be the cornerstone of your rebuild. Absolutely. And if it's not, D, I'm on the first thing smoking. <laughs> Where you headed, Black? <laughs> D, honestly, I don't know. I might become a Raven because I want me a Lamar, ja- I'm a Lamar Jackson jersey so bad. I like that number eight. I love it. <laughs> If you're rebuilding, okay, it better begin with the number one pick in in drafting Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Mr. Sunshine. Sunshine. Oh, sunshine. If it's anything other than that, I don't have any words or any energy to give the Jaguars. 10-4. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful black. Look, I don't really have too much to add, man. I think the Jaguars, I'm going to go with Freddie Bricks' model, man. Go 0-16. Don't practice. Like, don't do anything. You know, don't integrate a new offense. Jaguars, you need to suck this year. Bare minimum, one win this year. Bare minimum. There is a six foot five football Jesus in Clemson out there waiting to get down here. I have a bunch of jerseys hanging up in this studio. And the moment that the Jacksonville Jaguars, God help us, select Trevor Lawrence, I will be going to footballnflfanatics.com and ordering a teal Trevor Lawrence jersey. And I'm going to get it next day aired to my house. And I'm going to hang it next to Michael Jordan's jersey. 
This city needs this, man. This city needs this. For the team to come out and even mention rebuilding, I mean, come on. Don't insult these fans in Jacksonville anymore. Now, yes, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fans, but I support my city. I support these Jaguars, and I'm right there when I go to games every year. So, Doug Marone, Caldwell, Shot Khan, Tony Khan, Billy Khan, Farisha Khan, Khan Khan. <laughs> Whoever you are who make the decisions, come on, man. Just tell the team don't practice this year. Just tell the team to show up on Sundays and say hike. And go 0-16, no better than 1-15. So Trevor Lawrence can be a Jaguar. God. All right. All right, Black. Pitiful. Pitiful, yeah. All right, Black. So that's pretty much all that we got today, man. So we're going to get into some other news, man. And we are going to get out of here. So let's see. All right, man. So um, before we get going, uh, man, we just... My bad, my bad. Before we get going, man, we just ooh, have a lot going on in the world, man. So, yes, uh, I think it was Friday night. Um, me and Black would be remiss if we didn't do this to say rest in peace uh, to Chadwick Boseman, um, a real-life superhero, uh, not just the one that he played on TV. Uh, this man uh, was a pivotal, pivotal figure in bringing the black community, African-Americans, one of the single most proudest moments in entertainment history. And that was the debut of the Black Panther. This man was the Black Panther. He embodied and represented what the Black Panther is and what he was rolled out to be in the comic books. And he was brought to life. This is the first superhero that black people can get dressed up in there. It was beautiful to see man, everybody dressing up in their gear, the, Af the African-American attire, their Africa attire, their Black Panther attire, going to see this movie, man. It was just a big deal, big deal for our culture and not just for black folks, but the whole world. This was a movement that produced uh, from the Black Panther cast and Chad what Bozeman was at the forefront of that. And I want to say rest in peace to him and send all love. And positive energy to his family. Chadwick didn't ask for. Um, he didn't ask for sympathy. He didn't ask for nothing. He, he, he just lived his life. And in the midst of everything that he was doing. He recorded. Four to five movies in stage three. Stage four cancer. Um, I'm all too familiar. Uh, with cancer. Um, a lot of people don't know. Who to the sports desk. You might have learned outside of here. At the Reduced Lunch Podcast. But my wife battled it for about a good year. And it's tough. It's tough to see your significant other and your partner go through something like that. So I can relate. But this was a, a life gone too soon. But he impacted the world forever. Everything that he did, man, was just, just a breath of fresh air and was needed uh, in the world. And I just want to say rest in peace, chat with Boseman. Um, and just prayers to your family. Love to your family, positive energy to all your loved ones and everything that are, and, and your fans, and your fans. Like, a lot of people are going through a lot just trying to process um, this situation. So, I just want to say myself, you know, rest in, rest in peace and uh, Wakanda forever. Uh, yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> sad day yesterday, man. 
to hear about uh Chadwick Boseman, man. Um this one this one was tough as well. You know, losing him, losing Kobe. It was it was really tough. For me, for me as a sports fan, you know, it didn't with him it didn't start with Black Panther. It started with 42. Uh, yes. The Jackie Robinson movie. Yes. And if you, yes. if no one is really familiar with that or haven't seen that, man, y'all need to go watch that film. Yes. This guy portrayed Jackie Robinson the best that, I, the best I've seen. Great film. Great film, 42. And, and from there on, man, just the things that he, the films he's, he's did from 42, from Black Panther, you know, uh, just, just third good Marshall, just, just great movies that he's been putting out there, man. And, you know, to lose him, you know, and, and to cancer, man, it's, it's, it's tough and it's hard, man. He's always been one to talk up, talked up about, uh, the black community, you know, uh, everything that's going on with the, in the world with black people, you know, and to sit and, uh, hear that he never, he never spoke about his cancer. He just, he lived with it. He lived with it. He didn't bring it up. He didn't bother anybody with it. And then you have people say, man, he looks, he looks bad. Is he filming a movie? Like just negative things. People was talking about yeah. this man was going through a lot, man. He was yeah. going through a lot and people didn't know. People didn't know. This is family. But you're put here for a reason. You're put here. God puts you here on this earth for a reason. Kobe Bryant was here for a reason. Chadwick Bossman was here for a reason. And they did, in their time here on Oath, they touched, impacted lives that they needed to touch. So many. So many lives that they, had, they needed to touch. And they're going to be truly missed. Chadwick Boss, Chadwick Bossman, rest in peace. Yes. You're going to be missed, man. Hollywood is going to miss you. I'm going to miss you on uh, watching your films. It's tough, man. It's, yeah. it's really tough, D. Yeah, definitely, man. So, um... His spirit will live forever. Everything he done will live forever. And um, again, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, man. Prayers to you and your family for sure. All right, man. A lot of loss this week, man. We had legendary, legendary college basketball coach from Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats, Lou Olson, uh, mm-hmm. passed away this week at the age of eighty six. Um, Lou touched a lot of lives. I've, I've been reading on Twitter all of the players come out from Richard Jefferson, Mike Bibby, uh, Luke Walton, like just so many different players have just come out and expressed stories and admiration for Coach uh, uh, Lute Olsen, man. He just was a major figure in college uh, sports, college basketball, and um, just rest in peace, Coach, man. You know, you also touched a lot of lives. And being a coach can't be taken for granted. Now, I've never been a coach, but I've been involved, you know, in sports, man, where I was on a football team or I was on a softball team. And coaches matter. They make the difference, man. So rest in peace, coach, man. Rest in peace. All right. Also, another loss in the NBA. Um, six man, former six man of the year. Uh, Portland Trailblazers stand out. Feeding the Suns stand out. Uh, Cliff Robertson. Mm. Cliff Robertson passed away. And I've been reading a lot of things on him of what he was doing in the community in Portland. A lot of the Trailblazers last night wore headbands. Uh, to salute and pay respects to um Cliff Robertson, and they had to patch on the jerseys, man. And, just reading things from uh, um, uh, Rasheed Wallace and, and, and Bonzi Wells and Damon Stoudemire, Scottie Pippen. Um, a lot of people had a lot of great things to say about Cliff. And I remember Cliff. Cliff was sturdy. He was durable. Mm-hmm. He'd get out there and he'd give you all he got to give you that 12 to 15 points, former six man of the year. 
Um, very good player in the NBA, but all I keep hearing that he was a much better man. Mm-hmm. Everything he did in the community, everything that he was doing for kids, for basketball, uh, um, he was just a staple in the community in Portland. And the NBA did a fantastic job acknowledging the lives of Chadwick Boseman, uh, Lute Olsen, and uh, uh, Cliff Robinson, man. So, rest in peace to all three of those gentlemen. <clears throat> Love, prayers, positive energy to your family, all three of these guys' families. And may their spirits and their legacy live on forever, which I know, which I know that they will. All right. All right. So, a little bit more, uh, a couple more news and notes. As we already announced, Donovan Gakway was officially traded uh, from the Jaguars to the Minnesota Vikings for a second and a fifth. But we've seen a lot of college football stars, Black, um, just say, hey, we're shutting it down. We're not going to play this season. Of course, some people in the Big Ten, they just didn't have that opportunity. Justin Fields um, and others out of that conference, they just not going to get a chance to play, so they have no choice but to get ready for the draft. But uh, we had another one out of LSU. Uh, stud, superstar, college-wide receiver, Jamar Chase has opted out. All right, he is slated right now on Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's big board to be the first receiver taken off the board, top five pick. So, Black, do you understand uh, what these guys are doing opting out of college? I know it sucks because we're going to miss them in the sport of college football, but do you do you understand? Do you got a problem with it? Uh, no, I don't. After thinking about it, I don't because these guys, uh, they're, they're going to be top five picks. You know, they're going to make a lot of money in the NFL. A lot. You know, and why put your season at risk going through a pandemic and have to deal with all that? You know, it's no reason to do that. So it's not shocking to see guys like uh, Jamar Chase sit out the year and uh, prepare, give himself a full year to prepare for the NFL draft. Yeah, and it's smart. It's smart. It's just smart. And I know Justin Fields is out here trying to, you know, get something to change or getting get something to, but hey Justin like bruh you the number two pick in the draft you the number two pick in the draft man and I get it you want another chance to write like he said on Twitter he said look man I need another shot to right my wrong from the Fiesta Bowl last year throwing that pick against Clemson cause me and Black talk about it all the time that was the best game of the season that was the best game of the season two undefeated Goliaths in Clemson, Ohio State, and one error pass. One error. That floated over the receiver head, iced it for Clemson to go ahead and play uh, Alabama for national title. But, hey, look, you know, uh, shout out to the kids who treating their bodies like a business. These kids are going to make millions of dollars, and you don't want to go out here back to college and hurt yourself or take a chance by getting sick. And now you're not a top five pick. Now you're a six-round pick. Now you're a fifth-round pick. So I ain't got no problem with either. All right. All right, man. So that's going to do it for the sports desk. Um, Let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's going to do it for the sports desk. Episode 73. Had a great, great time today. My man's black My man's black is back in the building from yes, injury. Sir. So I was glad to have my boy back in here, man. But again, like we say every single week, we're going to keep saying it, like giving thanks. Like thank everybody for all the support. Listening to the show, if y'all, if somebody sits, I, it still blows me away, Black, that somebody actually press play and listen to us talk for two hours. Mm. Two hours. Just one person. One person. Just one person. You're right, man. And last week, we saw something wild with the sports desk last week. Literally, we posted the show. Fred said he couldn't wait. He just said, we're just going to post, we're going to post. I said, okay, whatever, cool. He posted it at 10 o'clock at night, man. And on SoundCloud alone, before I went to bed, 
that night, man, we was at 150 listens. Mm. Not a full 24 <clears throat> hours. And that's just on SoundCloud. We're not talking about Spotify and, and iTunes. We ain't talking about those numbers. We talking about one. So we all, all, all around had over 250 listeners with last week's show on one platform. That blows my mind. It's crazy, man. It blows my mind. And we've been yeah. doing this. Me and yeah. Black been doing this since we were knee high. We love, we breathe sports. This is what we do. Even if we didn't have microphones and all this cameras and all that, we'd still be doing the exactly same what exact we're doing. thing. But <laughs> just the mere fact that we can put it out there and you guys can receive it like the way you do them. And we are so appreciative and thankful and grateful that we have people who care about what we say. Mm-hmm. And they tune in every Tuesday to hear what we got going on, man. So just want to say thank you to everybody who supports us, believes in us, listens to us, shares our show with other people. Just thank you. Just thank you, like, for real, for real. And it's going to be a lot more coming from the sports desk. The pandemic kind of slowed a lot of things down. But, hey, once we get the, the green light to get back here, get back out here and do what we want to do, man, y'all going to be seeing a lot uh, from us. Black, got anything before we get out of here? Yeah, man, I appreciate all our listeners, man, everybody that supports the uh, reduce lunch action sports that's everything man we appreciate all the love like yeah. like these just said man it's it's amazing to hear those numbers man like right. sports is what we do yeah we talk sports every single day <laughs> really from we knee do. high like we it's really not do. a day we go without talking sports yeah it's not a day even when the cameras and these um, uh mics not in front of us we talking sports still you know so even like when we're with friends and everybody that we enjoy being around we're talking sports Facts. so just to hear that we have everyone listening or or waiting for it to be posted to get so they can hear what's going on at the sports desk man it's amazing Facts. you know i love everything about it man we appreciate everything all our listeners we enjoy we enjoy putting good content out to y'all, man. Facts. And we appreciate y'all listening and showing us Facts. love. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well said, Black. So, all right, man. This has been episode 73 of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I'm your one of your favorite sportsologists, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. And this your, yeah. <laughs> and this your man, Black. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm watching wrestling, bro. Uh, yeah, this your man, Black, one of your favorite sportsologists, man. Y'all can... Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at BlackENL3, man. Y'all hit me up, man. Absolutely, man. You can find me at Dedrick Hicks Jr. on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Reduce on sports page on Instagram. Y'all follow that and talk to us. Hit us up. Uh, DM us. Email us. Whatever you need to do, man, to get in contact with us, please do. All right. So that'll be it. So you guys stay safe. Take care of yourselves, man. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 74. <laughs> he lied. You trash. You not hooping. Y'all must have forgot, forgot, forgot. Break it down. Maybach music. Maybach music. Maybach music. Maybach music. Maybach music. Maybach music.